Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, welcome everyone to the Spotlight Interview Series. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Steven Jensen. And with us today, competing this Sunday in Tampa, Florida against Impact Superstar, Josh Alexander. We have Carl Fredericks on the show. Carl, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. I probably should have called Josh an impact wrestler. There's only one company that does superstars from what I've been told. So apologies to, to Josh. Uh, Carl, how are you feeling about this? With all that, so. What's that? I don't know the rules with all, with all that. So. <laughs> People will get mad at me about it. I'm just it, a wrestler, you know? You know? <laughs> so, are you a wrestler, a sports entertainer, a superstar? What do you identify as, Carl? I, I'm a... I'm a I'm a rock star, man. That's what I <laughs> Rock star. I like it. I like that. I've been told by Mike Goldberg it takes a lot of energy to be a rock star. That is a uh, Ronda Rousey reference to the night she lost to Holly Holm. <laughs> uh, Carl, you got Josh Alexander this Sunday in Tampa. I mean, you've, you've shared the ring with a lot of big names. You're coming off a match against Christopher Daniels. In fact, how are you feeling about going against uh, Alexander this Sunday? Man, there's, a, there's kind of a lot to it. Um a lot, a lot on the line for me a little bit because these are just like with the Christopher Daniels match, opportunities that I need and I've, I've been very hungry for because um, he is that compared to, let's say, this last year on Strong, very successful year for me. It was, it was a good campaign, but I, I was lacking these big opportunities, these big matches. So same thing with the Christopher Daniels match. It was great. You know, you know I'm very proud of it, but at the end of the day, I didn't get that win. So... Uh, you know, being hungry for these opportunities, you got you also got to go out and, and seize them. So Josh being undefeated in New Japan, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, on strong, I believe, former X Division champion, the year he's had. And uh, it's it's an opportunity to go make a statement, no different than Christopher Daniels. You know, I think a lot of people didn't either probably didn't even know who I was or people that, you know, were familiar. But that was a match that they wanted to go check out and they saw, you know, a, a taste of what I'm capable of. And uh, if, if I can go out and pull off a win here against Josh, then it's going to be, it's going to be huge for me. And that's something that's, that I really need to do. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for, for the fans here at Fightful, just a little background on you. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, obviously. I've heard you in the past refer to uh, the the LA Dojo as basically like your team. It's like it's like a it's like a fight team. You you treat it like a sport. Um, what was it like training under Shibata? Because like I'm such a big fan of his, and like I can only imagine how difficult it was to train under him, but like how rewarding it must be to like kind of like graduate through that and be where you're at now. Man, it was all of the uh, all of the good, the absolute best hard things that you can imagine. You know, the, the reason you're asking this question, it was it was an honor. It's been an honor, and luckily, it's that's still. You know, like he's like our dad. So that's someone that's always looking to improve us in our own specific ways. But um, goddamn, was it hard, <laughs> you know? And uh, and then and a lot of it, too, was just going back down to the basics of pro wrestling and then do rolling and doing jujitsu for the first time and then kickboxing and then back to natural wrestling, like, you know, in ways that I haven't since I was in like middle school and the first several months were just that stuff. So I think the, the rewarding stuff came obviously through the the pain and like the physical condition because it, we got to a point and, I, and I'm not there right now. I'll tell you that I, I did not stay in this shit, but it got to a point where, you know, 500, 700 squats, things like that. People, kids would come in for their camps and, you know, Alex Clark and I would run the camps and we would, and we would do what we thought were easy workouts, you know, and we'd have kid, we, one kid got rhabdo at a seminar, was pissing blood for like a week, just from, just from lactic acid building his quads. Wow. Uh, someone always pukes, someone always quits and I'm not, you know, nothing, especially, I will say this, every kid that's puked in the dojo, uh, we have a puke bucket after the first <laughs> First camp, we didn't have a puke bucket. I think Shabbat called it puke box, a little trash can. Uh, the first time somebody missed, but he cleaned it up himself and then went right back to the workout. And then everyone else has puked successfully in the box, the puke box. And then they'd come back and finish the camp. But we were at a point where just these fucking ridiculous workout, like something that you would, you would have to pay me. Like if you wanted me to go do one of those workouts today, like you're slipping me a hundred bucks. Minimum, like minimum, yeah. Just for me to try. But that was like normal. You know, so we'd be for that time period and trust me, man, like just <laughs> I think of it now and it kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety, but like just the amount of focus. And like when I, you know, you said you listened to the the interview I did with Shining Wizards and I mentioned I've done it a couple of times. I mentioned I used to be much more full of piss and vinegar, you know, and that but that came from. I was waking up every day and beating the shit out of my roommates, getting the shit beat out of me by my roommates. We're doing these crazy workouts where, you know, we're coming home afterwards. We're watching film with Shibata-san oh, as, as old as it gets. And then we're watching the current Young Lions and we're sitting there. And it's like we're in the film room, you know, like on a football team and no different. You know, we're, we're watching film and we're getting that feel from him. Like, so like this is your, this, these are your, this is your competition. Like before we went to that first G1, you know, it was like these we're going to go to Japan. You guys are going to fight these fucking boys and you're going to beat these boys. And that was that whole thing, you know, it was like we're living, we were well-oiled machines, probably a bit of the human side up here was turned off for, <laughs> for a bit. Um, it's on now, but yeah, man, it was like, it, it was, it was cool though, because during that time, especially as a young lion, you know, because of like the restrictions you have on like your real life, you know, you're just, you're locked into that, that mode. So it was, you either, you know, you give in and go with the flow of that fucking, that rapid, 
or you know I mean you can try and fight it and cling on to whatever but like the cool uh cling on to whatever bits of like your you know your yourself or your personal stuff you want to cling on to but you know for the three of us we we bought in we bought into shibataism <laughs> we bought into new japan pro wrestling we bought into everything that was that was taught to us and we've run with it What's going through your mind when he first makes the surprise appearance against against Zack Saber, and then you know has the the wrestling match? Like you're watching your mentor, and many people, I think himself included, are like he's never going to wrestle again. And then you see him do this appearance, and then you see him do this match, and he says before the match, like I'm going to take a bump. Like you're not holding me back on this. Like watching that from one your perspective as a fan, and two your perspective as like his young line. Like what's going through your mind when you see that? Man, both times. The first time I remember the Zack Saber the exhibition because he did. We didn't. We didn't know about any of them, of course. You know that, that dude, like that guy that everyone idolizes. That wrestler, that you know, that quiet was it like that's him. <laughs> like do like like he just does what he wants, you know. But it was uh, it was it was really cool waking up. Uh, one of the one of the the rare occasions that you wake up and see a bunch of notifications on Twitter and things and they're and they're good. So <laughs> that was uh, that was nice. And so then it was like see see everything that's going on because usually I'll catch up, you know, right? Like things will air at like three o'clock a.m. here, or whatever. I like to go to the gym in the morning, so I'll you know six or seven is when I'll get up and then I'll watch the shows from the night before, a couple hours afterwards. Um, but it was it was exciting, man. So of course, went straight to my line app and you know texting congratulations and everything. And then uh, the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom match. And again, same thing because it was with Rent, you know. And that's someone he's he's in the dojo. He's he's one of us. And uh, watching that, the people's reactions, his reaction to afterwards, and just you know because the match was fucking great. The match was awesome. So it was it was plenty of moments where I think where it would normally be like you get that exciting, like kind of chill down your spine when a cool spot or move, you know, something cool happens and you get that as a fan, that excitement, you, you react to it. You like, for me, everything was kind of like just rushes of like maybe little bits of tear, you know, like, like the warm in my cheeks, like I wanted to tear up a little bit, you know, but it was all just good. Like it was it's probably one of the few times I've watched the entire wrestling match just with like a smile on my face, you know, and I was just in my living room, you know, 7 a.m. quiet by myself, just grinning ear to ear. So it was, it was cool, man. It was special. And it was, you know, coming from meeting him in 2018, thinking, you know, something like that was, that was way out of the realm of possibility at the time. And now, you know, it's, it's happened. I, I, I have no idea what his plans are moving forward, but I, I'm sure it'll be just no different than now that his plans are going to be what he wants, whatever he wants. And he's, you know, he's going to do do what he wants and what he can do safely. So it's uh, it was special, man. And, we, and I think it was also, again, like with, you know, everything going, half the, half the roster stuck over here because of visas and things like that. And, you know, we're still waiting to get that full New Japan, you know, everything that we have, all, all of the big gun, every gun that we have in the arsenal and put it, put it out, you know, put our best foot forward, like all the other companies are able to do. Uh, I think it was something that was really big and added a ton of value to Wrestle Kingdom, obviously, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was awesome for him, you know, for him to not only do that, you know, because injury and everything, but then just he, here's a guy that's still stepping up for the fucking company, you know, like I think maybe people miss that, that part of it a lot too. So here's a guy risking you know his health you know not the most ideal situation 
but that was huge for the company. That was huge for, for the weekend. So, um, yeah, props to boss, man. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know you just mentioned that you know, uh, you know, a few years back it seemed like out of the realm of possibility, given you know the injury and all that stuff. Did you have any kind of inklings or hints or anything of like, like seeing him as often as you did? Like, did you, did you, were there moments where you're like, oh man, this guy's gonna get back in the ring? Like, I know it seems like a long shot, but like he really wants to get back in there. I know he was dying to from so for like our normal day. Like he's uh, he he's not a, a standby coach. You know, the only the only time. You, he's standing while we're doing drills as if, if he's he's got the, one of those nice whistles with the button, you know, he's, he's got a few because he's 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 broken a few of them, <laughs> throwing them across the dojo and chewing our asses. Uh, but now it's funny because he has the one broken one and it's got like the weakest little like tweet whistle. And it's it's funny to all of us, him including, because like we remember the day he broke that like that was like a that was like a, the first real fucking time he came down <laughs> um and uh it was a what happened can you tell us what happened there like um it was it was it was a combination it was very very early in the dojo you know and uh you know we're, we don't know like the 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 cultural uh the, the do's and don'ts essentially you know whether it be as young lions you know um are you know just like the greedy it's just like the japanese way and 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 because things are very militant, you know the, the system. My guess is it's no different than like the way we do. Well, a little different because like we understand, you know, Clark and I especially, you know, like I get the military. My dad was a police officer, I have a criminal justice degree. Like I get, you know, I played a lot of sports where this is this is the way the, the coaches are just. And I had great coaches, and you can't because of that. Like Shibata was never other than being afraid of workouts, you know, cause they're hard, but like, you know, there's, you can't come down on me hard enough as a coach to, to upset me. You know, you can't like, that's just good coaching in my eyes. You know, I get it. But, um, I think it was just like an issue of they, instead of just telling us, we want you to, you know, this is how you walk. This is how you talk this, these things. It was like, like we had made these we had made all the mistakes first not knowing and then uh as soon as as soon as they laid the rule you know as soon as we knew the spiel once you got the spiel one we you know we made sure never to you know go make make us go make ourselves go through a day like that again but then yeah it was you know as simple as like hey this is how it's going to be and i i (laughs) from there on out you know but um where we go before I, I oh oh sorry oh, I'm, like any hints that he might be actually returning yeah every day man he uh you know he he blow the whistle for us to start our warm up and then he's running around the dojo shadow boxing warming up stretching doing his own warm up and then by the time we're in the ring doing our stretch he's stretching with us and then like with the workouts he's either he'll he'll do a lot of them to show us or some days like uh you know if we have few hundred squats he'll jump in and do the first few hundred with us and then no, walk away and no sell it you know to like <laughs> let us know like it's like yeah that's why i'm like you know he's in charge for a reason and he's not and it was also like to get in there and like push us through because he, he he would do that like when you're tired you know if you're tired he gets down and he's doing the push-ups with you or i remember like my first my first camp dying we we're doing sets of like a hundred lion push-ups and regular just crazy thing you know and He's uh, like, I'm, I'm on the ground doing pushups and he's standing over me, just pulling me up, giving, just giving me a spot. So I finish every rep, you know, like he's, he was that kind of coach. And then 
go through his own full workout in the weight room after we're done. But yeah, like you see anytime there's like free ring, you know, he's hitting the ropes and then the wrestling, all the, all the wrestling, everything he taught us, it was hands-on and it was, and it was hands-on in the way, like whether it be submissions with jujitsu or just takedowns, things like that. Like he'll, he'll show you the, the technique a little, you go through it and then he'll fucking take you down or for doing jujitsu, he, he'll, he'll tap you out to show you what the, you know, this is the pain. This is, this is what, it, this is the real shit. Um, so he, he never stopped moving and staying. He's, he's, he's been in ring shape. I would say aside from, you know, you can't be in full ring shape without, you know, you can only do that through practice, but I mean, he was in the ring moving around training every day since I've known him. And then I've been out of the dojo out of LA since December of 2020. So all of 2021, all the stuff that they were doing, you know, so I, I had heard, I had heard day, days here and there reports from the boys like, oh, boss man was feeling, was a little froggy in training today. And like that. But it was always like, they were few and far between though, it seemed, you know? So like, again, both, both of those events, like I, I had no idea. And you just see the announcement and like the first one with Zach, complete surprise. And when the announcement for the second one came, it was like, of course, you know, it wasn't, as, it, was, it was still a surprise to see, but it was like, Fuck yeah, you know. You you've been part of New Japan Strong since really really the beginning when you guys were running and, and during when uh, during the pandemic and everything. What's been your take on the the evolution of the show, starting from uh, you know when you guys were wrestling in front of nobody, and then now you're going to to different venues. You get you're bringing in people like like John Moxley is there now. Like, what's been your take on the evolution of the show? Man, it's been such a pleasure. And an honor to be a part of it from the get-go because I, th- I mean even the first the first attempts at filming out of the ocean view pavilion where we're used to where they there our empty arena was did lions break collision i believe yeah. was the name of yeah so we did and that was like that first episode i was it was you know i got that was my first main event was that you know i believe it was like that tag match with cobb and rocky against yeah. clark and i and it was in, in my new gear and then the next show was Cobb and I in a main event. So going from like that, those first episodes where it was literally the three LA Dojo boys and then DKC was on those shows. DKC is actually the first person that I ever beat with my manifest destiny. Um, so, but we had like these newer guys, you know, these indie guys that we thought were like Dylan had been in and out of the dojo a handful of times, camps and stuff, you know? So it was like, just like the LA Dojo and you know what whatever new Japan could get like with, hey let's make the show let's do this let's get a get a product out and then that it was kind of like the uh dipping our toes in the water to what would become strong and then when we first started strong it was the same thing it was like the LA Dojo boys the you know the west coast indie guys and a lot of them were all friends of mine so that that's been really cool too it's you know getting finally getting to travel with guys like like Adrian Quest like that's like I I've known him for a handful of years since, you know, since my days on the indie indies and uh, I fucking love that kid. And he's one of the best super juniors in the world. If you ask me, so seeing my friends get opportunities and then the show, it started like with that. And then eventually we get guys like Kenta G.O.D. over, you know, and then I missed that. That was around, that was summertime. And then by the fall, was when uh, Moxley came in for the first time and we started to get more guys like that, you know, and, and it was still empty arena, but then, you know, a year later, August, and I'm, I'm 
match one, you know, there's a few thousand people. I'm outside the, the, the Coliseum, you know, huge, you know, I don't like the Trojans, but I'm a huge college football <laughs> fan. So, uh, you know, that we go from that to back to touring and, uh, you know, we're hitting different cities and we got a, a ton of exciting stuff. The cast is, you know, the, the whole, the whole, uh, locker room has doubled and, and we're doing nothing, nothing but exciting stuff in, in my eyes. And it's fucking cool, man, because I really, I really believe that we're, we're a completely separate brand at this point, you know, from, from the, the main roster. And that's also because we're kind of exclusive mutually on both sides, uh, with a few few senpai we've had run over, but soon enough, whenever everybody gets visas and things are fully back open, like I I really I think it's going to be cool because we're going to be able to take advantage of every bit of the roster. Like I said, use our full, full arsenal so that maximizes creative opportunities, that maximizes the amount of excitement for the fans, you know. Um, and then with with the doors open, you know to across the hall to all these other companies and things like that. Like it's, it, it can only go up from here. And I think the plan from, from the get go was always to, you know, turn this into what it is now and keep it, you know, going farther and further. And that's the page that we're all on and we're all very, very excited and hungry and re- really want to turn this into something much bigger than anyone thought it could be. Um, a couple of names you've mentioned a couple of times uh, on this interview are, Alex Coughlin and Clark Connors. Um, what does it mean to have their their camaraderie and and what's it been like seeing their success as well? Because like all three of you guys have really been like kind of like rising the ranks together. It seems mm-hmm. like. Man, it's been like I said, Clark was the first guy I wrestled in the dojo at my tryout, and we were just doing five minute, just go wrestle, no talk, no speaking, no talking. Um, and from Alex was injured at my first trial but he was helping he and uh it was cool because he was one of the first one of the dudes that like were doing a crossfit circuit luckily at the time that was like my main mode of training so i was like oh like day two i was like oh this is my shit good you know so like i'm i'm cruising through it and he's but he was like you know just being like the dude he is and all you know whoever needs help whatever um I remember like my first conversation with him was like during the workout and he's like you've done this before haven't you and i was like yeah this is like the this is the bullshit I like, you know, and he's, he's like, a, he's, he's put every 45 plate you can fit on a bar and pick it up a bunch of times guy, you know, and I'm, I like wall balls and shit. Um, and, you know, going from where we were to being stripped back down to zero together. And then, you know, especially Alex, like Alex Clark and I had a few years of experience when we came in and Alex was very green, like less than 10 matches, I would say. And, now he's phenomenal, you know, and he's, and he's still knowing <laughs> as good as he's going to be, you know? And, uh, and so between, between those two, Clark, you know, Clark won that tournament in, in the last year, you know, and I think that's cool. Cause you know, I would like to think I set some sort of precedent for, for the LA dojo and um, you know, being, being the, the, the top young lion and, and, you know, things like that moving on and everyone's, you know, gone, gone further and beyond. And that so much to the point where like, I still, you know, like I said, in, you know, in recent interviews, it's like, I feel like I've been kind of playing catch up and like, I've been a little stagnant compared to them, which is, which is great though, you know, because having that team mentality, you know, like you got, if, if you don't fit in, you don't fit in. So the standard is greatness, 
you know, so it, it keeps me going there. And then uh, the other one to mention is Gabriel Kidd. Between the three of those, those people are Gabe. You know, when I met Gabe, he came into the dojo in 2018. And it was just the three of us. And he came and visited for about two weeks right before Thanksgiving. And he, uh, man, he was, again, tons of wrestling experience. Great wrestler. But he, you know, as far as for what we do, the workouts, or even things like his flexibility, you know, like the certain types of roles we do think like he, he, he wasn't up to par on that. And then he left, he went back home and in like six months, he lost like 50 pounds, you know, we, and we weren't, cause we didn't know him as well. So we like, we kept up tabs, like followed each other on Instagram, whatever, you know, but I just remember seeing like, we'd be on tours or somewhere and I'd like show the boys or so Alex would be like, geez, you know, look at gay. We'd show Shibata sign. Like, man, this guy's fucking, he went, he went out and, did everything he needed to do to come in. And by the time he came in, he's been, you know, nothing but excelling. And so just having a team of guys around me where that's the standard, whether it's the work, you know, the, the work ethic or your output being that high and that good has been amazing for me because, you know, you, like I said, you, if you want to fit in, you gotta, you gotta be like the boys and, and that's awesome. And I love it. And then on the other hand, it's, like those guys, we've all, we've been attached to the hip for years now, you know, now, now it's cool because we are like these, we're adults and we, we, we're like, we're like the, the, we're the normal guys, you know, where we, we fly in and we get to hang out. But before it was like, you know, all the young boy duties, loading the bus, doing the laundry, all the being up early in the, you know, 8am cleaning every day, things like that. And then when you are having those bad days in the dojo and you're going stir crazy because you're stuck in this little room with bunk beds and, or you're, you know, you're missing your family. You go through a breakup and like those guys have been there for, for everything. And half the time they're right there when it happens because, <laughs> you know, attached to the hip, but yeah, like, you know, Clark's like my, my road wife, you know, and Alex is like the best of all of us. Alex is like, the, you know, just the, the most clear thinker go-to guy. Like he's it's like big dad vibes on that guy. <laughs> like good. You know, Clark's like cool dad, cool dad, you know, but yeah, like I, those guys, like that support system feels just as much at home to me. Like, the, like, the, you know, my friends is super cheesy, but like, you know, my boys are just as much home to me as when I'm here in Reno and I'm with, you know, my best friends that I've known for over 10 years, you know? So now instead of having, you know, when I'm 16 hours away, instead of having to worry about, you know, oh, if I can call one of my boys, like I have my guys here. And, and it's been, man, we've been through some deep shit together, you know, not, um, and thankfully not even personally, like I've had less wrinkles with these guys in worse conditions, being stuck and attached to the hip every single day. Whereas like some of my friends down here, like two days in a row, like, I love you, but like, I also love, love my space, like a very reserved person, to be honest, you know, it's, uh, two sides to me, obviously, but you know, like, I don't, I don't know a lot of people I can spend that much time with. And, you know, or like when I was on teams, like football practice, all that. And then you want to hang out like, no, man, I want to go home and like sit down and like decompress, you know? And uh, I just, especially as hard as things have been at times for me personally, um, like being overseas and things like that for the first time, that first tour was five and a half weeks long, that first G1. And thank God I had Clark. I mean, there was days where 
like I, I went through a breakup and my uncle had passed away. I got news about my uncle passing away. Like I went like in like the first hour of my day one, one day. And then we, and we had a show in Hiroshima that night. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a lot, like a, a lot of stress and stuff like that. So then there was like, and you don't really have time to like process Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have time, no time to, you know, to cry anything out that morning or, or deal with stuff. It was like, I had, I, I got in the ring with, uh, Okada for the first time that night. We had a six man, you know? So it was like, no, you gotta go work. And then, so then I worked and then did all the young boy stuff and, you know, had that whole show after the match where you're still working, you're seconding. And then it wasn't until, you know, 11 PM that night that I got to like sit somewhere and take my time. And Clark was right there next to me, you know, or on the train. I remember a train or a specific train ride where I was having a real hard day, you know? And, and, uh, I remember, and I didn't, I didn't even notice, no, notice him get up, but I was sitting behind him. It was a pretty empty bullet train, but a longer ride. And, uh, I was sitting there, you know, like sobbing a little bit, you know, like I said, my, you know, especially the thing with my uncle was having a real rough day. And then like, he, like, he did it like two or three times where he just walked by and just sat a beer on my tray. You know, I didn't say a word maybe one time, like patting me on the back, but every time it was like, you know, same thing. Like I got like a chuckle out of it. And then just like having him there, like doing that, that little thing, like that turned my whole day around. Like that first, that first beer turned into like, then I was, I was like letting my shit out and just like feeling whatever. And like, you know, this is, you know, like, that this is life and I got my boy like and and I don't even if it wasn't for Clark being there I guarantee this probably if it wasn't for Clark being there present on that first tour or if we hadn't clicked up the way we did and then also done it a few times now for this specific store but I I got to give Rocky Romero credit too because my my contract ended the last night of the G1 that year because we it was a one-year contract and I didn't know if I could cut it man like I didn't know, you know, being away from home was was hard like that for that period of time. I had never done it. Plus, it's a completely different experience as a young lion. And you know, Rocky was someone who's like, man, he's like, this is the longest tour we do. None, none of the other ones reached nearly six weeks. You know, like it gets easier. You know, stick it out. Um, and then having Clark there, if it wasn't for that, like I don't know if I would have resigned because it just it probably would have seemed way too hard. You know. And I would have been alone on that whole, you know, that whole, I would have been, I would have dealt with all that shit alone. So you, I mean, you just mentioned Alex Clark and, and Gabriel and you guys call yourself the, the big four. And I assume that's a take on, on the four pillars. Uh, like where did this nickname come from? Um, it came from, well, just the four of us have just been like, as far as the LA Dojo, like that original class is Clark, Alex and I, and then Gabe was like this good in between came in. Gabe was ringside for the whole Young Lion Cup uh, 2019 when I won. Um, so he, I mean, he's been on the team and he just, when he finally got to go get in the ring and kill it and all that stuff, you know, we were stuck in the States and he was in Japan. So it's, it's always been, you know, in our mind, like we're, we're, we're the guys in our, in, you know, in our, in our class, in our generation, because we have that whole we have a pretty big group of young lions which was which is rare to be to be able to do that tournament and yeah man we just believe that we're the fucking guys <laughs> and you know and you can't you can't tell us otherwise um not even so much to, to like like the pillar you know it's just there, there's four of us and we didn't want to be you know of course you get the horsemen things like that and uh the uh, the name comes from a spin on uh college football something clark and i came up uh 
with on a on a brainstorm. It's like oh, might have been the first or second week of college football this year. Sat at a bar and just, you know watched a bunch of football, talked wrestling. But you know, just like the the, the big conferences, you got the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, um, and we're, we're the Big Four. You know, so it's and those are you know those are the aside from like the SEC. You know, you have all these conferences, but like everyone knows Big Twelve football. You know, the Big Ten. You know those things. So we think. You know, in, in my mind, my description of it would be that, you know, you could line up any of your four guys from anywhere, you know, but we like we we have that, you know, we're, we're Shibata guys. We're L.A. Dojo. We're New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, like we the, what we've done to earn our stamps and our stripes is far different than anything anyone else has done. You know, so, so you have your four. You can have your pillars over there. You can call yourself whatever you want. But we're the big four. We're the we're we're, we're it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's all that, you know, for, for us, this is, you know, this is our, it's, or I'll, I'll speak for me. You know, this is, this is my, this is my art. This is my career. This is my sport. Um, you know, but you know, we're all, we're entertainers and I'm a rock star. You know, I always <laughs> like, I always thought, you know, maybe, you know, growing up, you know, you want to be MJ, you want to be, you want to be Kobe guys like that. But I look at like maybe the way I played basketball growing up, who I am now as a, as a person, as a wrestler, trust me, like it, it's, I mean, it, it, it took balls to walk in that, you know, in or out of that new Japan locker room with, you know, what most people would assume, you know, my, um, my, my native earrings and think, you know, my dangly earrings and the, and the jewelry and things like that, you know, but like, I, I think I'm much more Terrell Owens and Dennis Robin than, than MJ or Kobe. You know? And I'm, I'm very much okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, uh, you, you, you had mentioned, you know, uh, that you were on like the indie scene uh, prior to going to the dojo. And I know you do a lot of stuff on the West Coast. I just wanted to get your thoughts on working West Coast Pro because I love that promotion. And oh, um, and I mean, I, yeah, I just want to know what it was like working out there. Man, it was, uh, to be honest, it was amazing. It was the first crowd, the first group of people that got to see me in my brand new costume and everything long after I had been in was that San Francisco crowd. And that's the same crowd. I remember going to that first show, just the reception I get when I go out there. Cause the Bay, the Bay was like my home, all pro wrestling. Marcus Mack gave, you know, he, he gave me a run with that internet title. I mean, I won it at the Cow Palace and then I had it for about seven months in that time. You know, I rest, I wrestled, he, he fed me the fly-ins and then, and then I got to wrestle Jacob Fatu at the, at the Cow Palace, I, um, I lost the title there, you know, in front of a few thousand people. I got to wrestle twice in the Cow Palace in front of thousands. Like, San Francisco's my home. So then having not been there since 2018 and then getting the reception I did, but I remember as soon as I walked out, just I recognized every fan. Like, they are all the same, the same people that have been watching me wrestle since 2016, when when I was a heel and they like, and they were booing me not because I was a good heel because I was a year and a half in the business you know they were I had to earn the good the good heel reactions from them and and I and I I they made me earn it and now I have it and that's that's my home man it's been amazing and what they're doing now especially because when I came up in 2015 you know being being trained by the Reno scum and being in the the California territory. I remember September 2015, I went to my first WWE tryout. And I remember this one was a little more wrestler heavy, had quite a quite a few wrestlers, if I, um, 
recall, I think the second one was the one that had more of like the models and athlete, you know, ex-athletes and things like that. But I remember just being so salty because the, the other wrestlers, when they, you know, we, we do our stuff and I like to think I'm pretty good and showed a lot, you know, showed a lot of promise. So they, you know, they were, the other workers would ask me like, where, oh, where, do you, where are you from, man? Where'd you train out of? Where do, where do you wrestle? I'm like, oh, um, and I couldn't say Reno because no one, you know, it's not like there's, there's no shows or anything out here. So it's like, oh, like I wrestled, you know, West Coast, Northern California. And like the look of disgust on their face, like California, like where do you wrestle in California? You know, like that, I took that, I came, I took that as an insult. You know, I came back home and in 2017, it was the same thing. They were still kind of, you know, APW had been doing good stuff, but I think the biggest flaw with them was like, they weren't streaming and they weren't putting, like, there's a whole ton of library stuff that's just not on the internet. And in pro wrestling, especially indie wrestling, if that's, if that's the case, it might as well have not, not happened at all. You know, but to so with West Coast consistently booking these crazy shit, like that's one of the best indie promotions in the country now, which means the world, essentially, you know. So for California, let alone Northern California to have that and to see the the younger guys in NorCal, they're all, you know, the opportunities they're getting there. Now there's a school there too. So for me, like I've, I have a ton of pride in, in the West Coast, and especially NorCal, you know, every, every, shoddy little place I wrestled in, you know, like that's, that's, I mean, all the territories had that, you know, but it's, it's important for us, you know, outside of LA to have, especially like some sort of a home base, because now it is becoming like, you know, big territory. You have Defy up North, San Francisco's that legitimate middle ground. Like it used to be, if we can get back to running, running major shows at the Cow Palace collectively, the way they do, you know, I imagine like, prestige gcw is doing that la fights thing you have to fight you know there's a lot of opportunity to to make that you know a big thing again i think it's so cool because you know that's one of the one of those things that like i not as much anymore and i don't have to it's cool because we have you know brody king jake atlas jungle boy jacob Fati, you know everyone everyone all of the guys from my class we've all like branched out we've kind of proven you know we've we have enough proof that like yeah there's good wrestling out here and then now the scene's thriving bigger than it was when we were active in it i mean it's only good because it used to be something i used to you know whether it be just the the west coast wrestling all that because you know i took a lot of pride in that because you know yeah i I wrestled (laughs) i might have wrestled jeff cobb in front of like eight people in santa cruz in 2016 but you know there was still you know three other people on that card that i know were going to go off and do things and Jeff and I are doing pretty good I would say <laughs> you know yeah. like um but yeah it was something that I was man I was always so salty about it because there was just we had there was no love for the west coast out here you know and I, I felt like like I, I remember I wanted to run angles like I've talked to Fatu after shows and think of these creative things and this was like indie wrestling was much less like cooperative at the time as well um but I was like man we need like we need to show up somewhere on the East Coast, on some... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Like, 
you ain't got no love for death row records shit like you know right. I, mean? <laughs> I was like because I, I just know there's a story there that's if you ask me i think it's easy money that's an easy invasion you know good business if you ask me although i will say this i have no interest in fucking booking or running or doing anything other than showing up to work and wrestle <laughs> hey, I, I think it's also easy if money. Someone hears this and takes this idea. Just give me some credit. Just give me like a little bit of love, and I'm uh, send, send the royalty check. It'll be, it'll be like whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever they get off the name. angle. Man, man, yeah. yeah, just just give this interview uh, a shout out, and like that's good enough for me because I yeah. I don't have it with me. Shout and shout out to anybody, everybody who tries to do anything in the business aspect of this pro wrestling. I mean, a lot a lot of you guys shouldn't be. But, you know, <laughs> if it wasn't for you, it wasn't going to be me doing it. So, you uh, you know, I, I do think that's easy money. I think that'd be a great idea. Another great idea that I think should happen is, you know, Jacob Fatu just recently beat AJ Gray for that West Coast Pro Championship. And I think you and Fatu would be a pretty banger matchup over there. I'm just saying for that title. I'm, I'm man, I'm, I'm 0 2, and I need to, I need to get one back. And I know if I can sneak, if I can get one back, I'm tenfold. You know, I was, I've always been good. I would like to think good enough, whatever. But you know, the guy that Fatu is standing across the ring from now is much different than the guy that he stood across the ring from and and beat before. You know, because now I'm, I'll, I'll I'll go I'll wrestle Suzuki every day if you want me to. Am I am I gonna is my body gonna like it? Am I gonna be enthusiastic? No, I'm not gonna be enthusiastic about. It, but this is this is what we do. You know, this is. We, we had it beaten into us for well over a year, at six days a week, you know. We're fucking killers in this dojo. So, the, you know, I'm I'm ready to stand and bang with a guy like that. Whereas before, you know, maybe it was only, you know, it was, it was me being uh, faster, more athletic, you know, maybe, maybe not more athletic because he, he does all kinds of crazy shit as well. But, you know, like I don't, I don't have to uh, game plan as much. You know, now I can go out and fight. So... If he's got that strap, and and, and there's opportunities there, because I'm sure, I'm sure the uh, the boys, I'm sure Scott, people will hear this. So, you know, you know, you know, I'm only an hour long flight away. So, <laughs> there you go. You you mentioned you you see yourself as like Rodman, Terrell Owens, two Hall of Famers, by the way, two Hall of Famers. Uh, in <laughs> maybe not maybe not so much Jordan Kobe. You've shared the ring with guys who were considered Jordan Kobe and like Tanahashi. And, and Okada, was there a moment where you stepped in the ring, whether it was them or somebody else, maybe maybe it was Suzuki, where you were in the ring, you're in the ring with one of these guys, and they either just they hit they hit the shit out of you, or or just before they even hit you, it was like wow, like I'm really in the ring with, with one of with one of these guys. There's a, uh, a there's one clip I can think of. Everything else is all the all the matches from the G1. They were very. Like I said, just and then just the, the person I was as a young lion. Like we went to Japan and we wrestled uh, Shota Ren, Tanahashi, Kenta Clark, and I. And going in there, that was like real. Like we can't go out here and and get handled because then we're gonna come back to Shibata San and we're gonna get handled again. Like we got, you know, we, so everything everything was like if you show weakness, if you go out there and you bitch out, you know, any of that. If you show any of that, anything other than that fire. Um, you know, so it was, it was, it was hard to break that, but if it wasn't for 
common, I think commentary mentioned it, but there's there's a there's a six man in there, and Okada gets tagged in, Clark tags me in, and I do the normal, you know, I spring over the ropes, ready to go, but but you can you can see me. I take this breath, and there's there's this look on my face that was much much different than before. And I, and I want to say commentary pointed out because I didn't notice it at the time, but you you can see 100. I jump over. And, I, and I'm here and my face turns from like the, the scowl to like, you know, like I, you can see me take a deep breath and you can see me realizing, you know, the situation. And like you said, there's, you know, guys like that, Okada, Tanahashi, you know, this, those once in a lifetime, you know, they're, they're, they are, the, you know, the MJs of the Kobe's of, of the sport. And then, you know, knowing, especially being, being a guy in the black trunks on the bottom bottom of the, the pyramid the food chain and doing that um that that those first times i would say with each of them was was a very big like all right let's see how good you are you know because any any anything that i'm lacking you know because this they're this good so anything that i'm lacking in between it's that difference is going to be noticeable so i think at that point my biggest biggest thing was just make sure that whatever points in between or you know make as minimal as possible. But uh, now, you know, it's different. Like I said, I'm, 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 I'm back to being hungry like I was, but, it, but it's coming from a, a very grounded place. And, and it's not that hyper-focused pissing, you know, like I'm, cause I think just with my confidence, you know, like I, I know who I am. I know, I know what I can do and I know what I need to do. So whether it be, Okada, Tanahashi, or especially this Sunday with the walking weapon. You know, like I, I, I'm at the point where I, I got to start getting wins in, the, in these big performances. They're good, you know, good, good, you know, fighting well is good. But just like any other sport, you know, you, you, if you don't, if you don't win fights in that cage, entertaining or not, you can, you know, you only have a certain amount of entertaining matches that you're gonna get. And if you're not winning, you know. Oh, shit, if you're not winning, you're not winning. That's I mean, yeah. as that, right? You know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Is is there anybody that you would, uh, and you could name a few? You might have just named them as well, but that you would consider to be like the best people you've been in the ring with, or someone that like you just like it just hits you like uh, like I remember years ago hearing a CM Punk interview where he was like, "Man, I knew I was pretty good, and then I wrestled Eddie Guerrero, and I was like, man, I don't know anything." Like, well, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so, like, something, like something like that where you're like, damn, there's like just serious levels to what we do here. And like, this guy's really proven it. The first time that I felt that in my career, the biggest way was it was 2016. And I got to wrestle my trainer, Adam Thornstow, one of my trainers um, from Reno Scum. And aside from them, I, I mean, this all of my chest and all of my heart. It's one of the greatest tag teams in the world. They have been for a very long time. And Adam, they're both as it, it singles wrestlers have yet to wrestle Luster and that needs to happen um, eventually. But Adam, that was the first, like, you know, and, I, and I've wrestled guys like Okada and Tanahashi, maybe not singles, but I've touched everybody. You know, I've, I've, done, I've wrestled everybody. I've fought everybody. And to me, like, the, the, whether it be the smooth, everything, Adam's just as good as, everybody that I get in the ring with right now, everybody I've been in the ring with. And then there's, you know, those goat levels, you know, Tana and Okada, like you, you, you can feel that, but I, I feel that every, every time I get in the ring with that, anybody on this company. And it's like, it's tough, man. Like I'm, 
<laughs> you know, this is the uh, the political the political answer, but I'm I'm tough on these questions because like everybody's so so forced, you know, like you sure. get or at least I would say like you get to a certain level, you know, and I'd like to think that I'm at that level, you know, we're up in the majors here, but like everybody's so fucking good, you know, and I'm sure that you know, I and and that's what I want too. Like I I, I would hope, you know, I want to get in the ring with another athlete that I've never touched before and be like, fuck, that guy was good. You know, like, and then, cause you're going to, even if you might feel matched or whatever on the, uh, the, the level, like I always learn, like I always learn something and come out better on that end. But yeah, I, man, I work for new Japan. Like I'm so, there's every, everyone I touch, you know, it's, it's world-class. So. You, you've you've shared the ring with Rocky Romero, who I think is one of the more underrated performers. But on the subject of Rocky, is there anybody he doesn't know? I don't think so, man. Because <laughs> like, even we were. Oh, he he does the slice bread, and uh, I was I was telling him that one of uh, El Chupacabra is one of the guy guys out he wrestled he does hood slam a lot of norcal stuff he's been around since the scum been around he's somewhat like one of my mentors my early days he was in in there a good handful of times and um i told him that uh whenever he does a slice bread it reminds me of choopy because that was like the first person i saw do it but apparently they had both gotten it from like the same i can't remember who right now off the top of it, but they they both pretty much stole it from like the same mutual friend i guess or like saw it and like said they were gonna start doing it but yeah like adam knows adam knows i mean rocky knows scum rocky knows i mean he's he's the perfect guy to have as like our <laughs> our i don't know is concierge is that the word is that is that am i using I that? liaison maybe liaison, liaison. yeah he just he knows everybody in every company i feel like if you need anything you just go to rocky yeah, like hey right, can right, you yeah. get me in touch with this person and rocky's like yeah sure here's here's their home address well, and everything of, that's almost concierge like kind of because of all of yeah kind of like a kind of yeah. like he he gets you yeah you ask him like hey where do i find the good wrestlers that can help me oh i'll, I'll tell you where they are yeah yeah he's, i mean he's definitely in it i mean it seems like he's becoming that guy out like in his because he's got so many he's done he's doing so many things you now he's got his hands in a lot of pots so like in like entertainment and all the other like the media stuff he's doing like i'm sure by now like i hey rocky I'm, if i wanted a, a an agent or something i'm sure he's he's one of the guys like he's the first guy i would go to or he's like, doing nfts and stuff now is he has yeah, like an right, yeah, right. series like yeah he's you know he's a big big web three guy rock yeah <laughs> that's that I don't know anything about I don't that. understand any of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy, uh, buy his pictures online and, and you can own them. <laughs> it's seven degrees of separation of Rocky <laughs> is, is what this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, we talked a bit today about uh, you know, your three dudes, uh, Coglin, uh, Connors, and, uh, and Kid. And is there anyone else you want to give a shout out to? Like maybe someone that you're seeing like kind of on the come up that maybe is kind of flying under the radar a little bit, just uh, some names out there that maybe some people should be looking out for. Um, Robert Martyr. Is that how do you say Yeah, I like him Martyr, a lot. Uh, yep, Martyr. Yeah, yeah. He's like a Garcia protege. Yeah, I've seen, yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen a few things and was already following him and saw, saw some good stuff, whatever. But then he wrestled Vinny Massaro this last week. So West Coast Pro, again, just this last weekend, forget the name of the show. The show, the whole show is sick, but yeah, go watch that. Him and Vinny was was fucking sick. And then um, 
I watched his match the next night, the prestige match against uh, a really good dude, bald, wears, has the earrings in Dark Order. Uh, oh, um, is it Preston? Was it Alan Angels? Alan Angels, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I want to say, yeah, he was really, really, it was, it was that prestige, really awesome match. But yeah, uh, yeah, for Robert, it's, I don't watch a whole ton of wrestling outside of, you know, game planning and stuff like that. I, you know, study my opponents, but very, very much on my me time when I'm outside of work. But yeah, I, um, I, ch- I, I checked out his prestige match because the, the Vinny match was good. And uh, so, yeah, that kid's sick. I didn't know he was as young as he was. I think he just turned 21 or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. It, nice. I started when I was 25. So, <laughs> and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, Robert Martyr's sick, man. He's, I really like, yeah, his style and his, just his, he's a wrestler, you know. Yeah, he uh he won um a pretty prestigious tournament in the South uh last year that the future showcase out of Chattanooga that like affiliated with the SCI in action and stuff. A lot of kind of the up and coming talent from the Southeast especially. Cool. So he he's been doing really good. Uh, I'm in, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm really tapped into like the Southeast. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and yeah, the shows you're referring to. If anyone wants to check them out and you want to know more about Martyr, um, it was the West Coast Pro and Prestige joint shows. They did Savage yeah. Mode. That's where he fought Masaro. And yeah. then did, it was Alan Angels, um, as real as it gets. So yeah. if you want to check that out. Yeah, yeah both, shout both out Robert Martyr. And the cool and they're two very different matches, which was which was awesome to see. But yeah, both of them were bangers. So go check them out. I want to move away from wrestling because I, I stalked your timeline and I saw you were <laughs> watching The Bachelor. And I <laughs> would just like to know why. Oh, so well, I mean, I guess my my excuse isn't going to sound much better than than the one. So, I I live in a duplex, and one of my uh, one of my good friends, Kelly, owns my house, but she's a travel nurse and lives in San Francisco. So, I upstairs in the house is a buddy of mine. I have a whole down the whole downstairs apartment to myself, and she was in town, and we. Uh, Every now and then we do girls' night and we do face masks and and we watch we watched uh, this we watched oh it's a Cameron Diaz movie like a two thousand two uh, rom com it was fucking funny it was good it was really good um, the sweetest thing oh that is that's actually a very good movie but I didn't know that it was like, I didn't know that it was like over the top and like rock you know I didn't know it was right. Like, it was a yeah i didn't know it was like a parody of itself as well so i loved like i thought it was awesome but so yeah i wasn't watching the bachelor i went upstairs to have a girls night and watching chick flick and my buddy was finishing the bachelor um yeah and i dude i watched we watched that last like 30 minutes and i i can't believe it's real life like i can't believe this is a real thing to do and and this girl literally stormed out it was kind of tight i mean shout out to home <laughs> I mean, his life sounds stressful, but, uh, you know, it's definitely not the way to, to be. But uh, so one one girl just there was it was like the final three. One girl just left because he, she's like he had hooked up with two of the three. So she's like, look, I'm out. And then it's down to two. And then he went to give one a rose. And she's like, no, fuck that. I'm out, too. <laughs> and then the third one was like, wait, so does that mean I won? Like what happened? And talk to the the one that the second one left, like yeah, look, I'm sorry that like I hooked up with them, whatever. Like I I really love you too, essentially. And then she's the first thing she says, she's like, look, I'm not in the business of like competing for love. I'm like, you are strictly in love. <laughs> You're on the Bachelor. It's you literally, literally your job right now. Yeah, and and I don't know, I mean, 
not to not to say that like I'm this enlightened dude by any means, but I just I see stuff like that, and I'm like, it's just so I think it's so bad for just our society. You know, like it's not good for our culture. Things right. like things like The Bachelor and and the dating shows, but um, yeah, it's because like I watch it, it's it just seems so like I feel like I'm like a Simpsons character and this is what like you would see on the TV. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Hey, here's some stupid ass screwed up show that, you know, and like, but it's, here we are, you know, like it's, I, I don't, I don't do reality TV as, as much as I, as I used to, man. I, I think too much about this shit. So then I'm sitting there just like baffled. Like this is. Oh, see that that's when you just got to like turn your brain off. Cause I agree. Like it's, it's terrible for like, society. <laughs> like how can people like be like this and act like this? If you just watch it and realize it's just all trash and just be like, man, I'm so glad I'm not doing that. And I'm not going through yeah. that. And I don't have to deal with people like that. It's, it's just tremendous. Like turn your brain off. Television. Yeah. Or like the, the other bad one. I mean, now that we're on to bitching about our culture and all this, <laughs> Like, or like the podcast, you know, and this, this kills me too. Like, you know, being the alpha wolf and all that's like, you know, every, every alpha podcast is like just the worst, most like it just these embarrassing takes on women and men in society, you know, like, and like, dog, like I wear women's jeans, dog and women, you know, I wear hoop earrings. Like this isn't, you know, you know, the alpha wolf, Carl Fred, this isn't some macho bullshit. Like I'm be you, I'm, I'm a sensitive creature. You just said you're doing face masks. Like you have girls now. Yeah, you're doing you know what I mean? Masks. Like, yeah, this like this isn't like some macho shit, but then like, you know, you say like I whether it be TikTok or YouTube, or there's like the Fresh and Fit podcast. Like that's the one that like where you said just tune out, you know, like you watch the dating show, you tune out and just like realize like, thank God I'm not in because it is like spe- specific circle, you know, certain types of people. Yeah. That would, you know, but like the fresh and fit pocket like it's just this wildly wildly fucking misogynistic <laughs> takes on things you know but and and but they're in miami and like and they always have like a panel of women on the show guests you know and the, but it's it's they're it's pretty pretty much talking like specific like club crap you know it's and I'm, i always have to tell myself because i'm like no these are the fucking worst takes but then i'm like okay well you're also like you're speaking of like this this club crowd and like you know like like the values are much different, you know, like on that. And so like, I'm like, I have to separate. I'm like, you know, what? I don't even live in that world. It's like, I don't like, I don't, I don't come across people like that. So like, that's not the, like the dating world that I have to deal with. So I, I can step back and do that. But I also just, I'm much better off. Cause I can't like, I can't enjoy, I can't turn my brain off to enjoy stuff. Like I would, I would have never watched that 30 minutes of the bachelor if I didn't have to. And then my, my friend Kelly didn't even ask. She wanted to watch like the recap episode. He was like, oh, do you want to just watch this? Like, no, I want to watch a fucking movie. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> Get these people off my screen. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. I, I, I'm the same way as you, Carl, where, like, when I watch that kind of stuff, I'm just overanalyzing it so much. From like, why do the people like this? Why do people want to be people? Or why, do, why do they want to be, like, the people that they're seeing here? And it sends, like, this weird message to society of, like, you want to strive. Like, this is making it. Like, what you're seeing on TV. So you want to be like these oh, yeah. people. And it's like, no, you don't. And, like, and it stresses me, like, for all the just for the reasons, like I said, I mean, I've, I've become if much more reserved over the past two years. Like I, I didn't know, I didn't understand how many followers I had on Twitter after being to, you know, being to, to Japan, like I had, but I had like 10,000. I didn't know it was going to be like, I didn't know that was a lot, you know, but like I deleted that Twitter. Cause I was just, the, you know, I need, it was a mental health. You need the break. And that's why I still, you know, I'm, I'm very limited. And when I, you know, it's either posting just as the dude more, you know, 
more often than not. And then I, I plug my wrestling and I interact with my wrestling fans and that's it, you know, like nothing over the top, but then it, it is like, I see, and I, and I, I like, I have a niece that's a sophomore in high school now, you know, and I've, I've cut little cousins that are, you know, got, um, uh, they're in eighth grade and they're going to be playing football freshmen, you know, little freshman boys next year. And I just, you know, I think about all the stuff like that we think is important or what, you know, or like what to aspire to. And, and it's just like, it bums me out because a lot of it just seems like it, you know, it's, it's like fame for, or, you know, for, or, or just followers, a lot of like pe- people want followers, but then you know, like, there's no end game behind it other than like, that means people like me maybe, you know? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah. I don't know, just the more, and I used to, you know, put much more stock into things like that. Like if, you know, two years ago, knowing that I had 10,000 followers and now only have like four, like that would have been like, fuck, you know, I would have been something that I'm like, Oh, got to get back to 10. Like for what, for fucking what, you know, like, of course, if I have more followers that meet, that's good. That's better for my, you know, my business. That's good. I want, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying don't follow me. I am saying don't add me on Facebook, but <laughs> like that shouldn't be, you know, my, like my, like that will come with the work that, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And that's like the least, I don't know. None of my heroes had to do that shit. And, and if I'm, you know, just as good as any other, you know, entertainer or attraction or athlete, like I don't, I don't need to do that to sell tickets. So, you know, as long as you know, I'm worried about my, my work and, and, you know, I'll, I'll sell my fight here. Like I'll, I'll sit and do interviews all day long. I'll do, I've no problem with the social interaction and things like that, but yeah, just, just the, uh, the social media. And then, I think recognizing like, again, cause maybe it pulled those negative like outlooks out of me, you know, where like I was more, you know, putting much more weight into it than I should have. And now I just think very differently. I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm turning, I turned 32 in July, you know, I'm, mu- I'm a much different person than the kid that signed with new Japan in 20 or yeah, 2018. And, and you know, the, ch- the clout chasing as people want to call it you make a good point you brought up your, your relatives like they're doing this they're doing this like they some of them might care but for for me personally it's like all right, you have all these followers and stuff and then i've, I've got essentially stepkids and like they don't care about any of that they, they just want to play like cards with me and it's like those yeah. are the moments where you realize like all right it doesn't matter how many follows you have like these are the moments that are actually important and life yeah. is like what's going on right here of playing cards with the kid or going to, to uh, your niece or nephew's like football game, something yeah. like that. It's like, they don't care about all this cloud chasing and stuff. Like you got to yeah, value man. those moments. And then, and I think of it the same way as like, you know, like in my little bubble, like I'm from a tiny, tiny little town. So like, it's not like tiny with one stoplight and like one, <laughs> one of the oldest and only, like one of the only still like functioning, uh, round like the architecture is around courthouse and it's like dead center in the middle of town you know very 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 old little town and so like it's it's i'm probably the most famous person to ever come out of my town like in my little bubble you know or even like having being here in reno like the the more time goes past like i'm like becoming the more you know in my own right somewhat you know the, the famous friend and like my you know my niece sees all that stuff you know, she, she follows me on Instagram and my nephews and my cousins see all that stuff. So like, I don't, I want to like, I, just taking that into account, you know? So if I look like I'm living and breathing for it, like what example does that show them? And then I can't imagine right. how hard, like, I'm so thank God that I, 
I think I was probably 16 when I, when I first got MySpace, you know, I didn't have Facebook until I was in college. Like, so I had that first half of my year or my, of my life where I was, you know, just, I didn't have to work because social media and all the bullshit that these kids have to go through, you know, like cyber, like cyberbullying, all that shit's real. Because especially when you're a kid, like your social life is your whole life. That's all you have, you know, that you have home, school, and your social life. So like those apps and all the, all the stuff that they come across, like, you know, like it's, it's, it's going to affect them. We, I, growing up reading wrestling magazines all, all the time affected me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, it, that's, that's a part of your diet. The stuff that you, you know, you're scrolling, that's the stuff that you're feeding yourself. So I, again, not, not to say that I'm some enlightened human being by any stretch of the imagination, but like, I just really, I've in, in recent, the last year and a half, two years, try to be more conscious about like the message I'm sending to like my family, my, my friends, uh, who, you know, might, you know, just really like the Kardashians and really, you know, and I'm like, man, like, don't, don't look up to those people, you know, <laughs> like, you know, there's look up, look up to your, your friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for what it's worth, I'm 33. Jeremy, you're, you're the same, right? You're right around yeah. our age. Yeah. So, we're, so, yeah. so yeah. So we, we, we all have that same experience of like life before social media and then like it all hitting us right around like the end of high school, the beginning of college. And, um, that all said, Carl Fredericks underscore on Twitter is where you can find, uh, find Carl Fredericks. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I was so confused today because I was like, I know I follow him on Twitter. And then I did yeah. it. And I was like, oh, you deleted the last Twitter. I was so confused. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I had, I, that's even worse. I was like, I had the only, I fucked it. I should have just muted it. I should have just, but that's how I was so, but I mean, dude, summer 2020 was not a good space for fucking wrestling Twitter or just, or just life and just anything in general. And then, you know, when shit hit the fan with wrestling and it, it was like, nah, <laughs> you know, nope. That's not a bad idea, by the way. I think a lot more people should unplug from social media, at least for like some times, you know, like you just, just take some time off. And like, I know everyone's joke is always like, go touch grass, but like, that's like true. Like it, it's amazing how it, it also how different people act on social media versus in real life. I've met so many people in real life that were so much more like calm and reserved and just like cool people. But like on Twitter, they were like angry and complaining about everything. And it's like, it's like almost like two different people and, and, it kind of goes along with what you were saying, just all the, all like the weird, like pressures of social media and like the, the bullying and like looking up to the Kardashians and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, I, I it, it's strange. We're in like a really weird position at our age because we had like the before times and like the current yeah. times and we got to be like hip enough to like ride the wave of the future too. So we don't get left behind, you know, so we got to kind of, kind of deal with this stuff too, but it's, it is, it's a weird balance. Yeah. And, and it, it yeah, it, like it, if, it affects you, man. I can't imagine, if, you know, if I had grown up with this my entire life, like it's, it's isn't it, the, isn't that a black mirror episode as well? Like your social score, yeah. like it's yeah. you know, that type of thing. Like that's that concepts, like that's a real, you know, that blue check is a status symbol. Like I understand that. I recognize that, but I don't fucking care if I have like a, a you know, I'm down. I, I want, want, I want one cool, but like, I don't like, you know, a, f a friend of mine had recently been talking about it, you know, in that sense, but then had, you know, the way that they, like the amount of uh, stock they put into it was like, well, people aren't going to take so-and-so seriously unless, you know, blue check. And I'm like, well, that's where I check. I'm like, that's where I like that. But they, but again, like that took me 
I had to find my like my ground and my perspective with all of this. And that was with the wrestling too, you know, uh going fucking crazy balls to, you know, like it was it it started to wear on me. And I'm I'm much I'm happier, healthier, wrestling just fine, I would say, you know, but that's but it it's all of like all of that extra stuff that comes with our our business is like the stuff that I think where people have those struggles is you got to figure out who you are in the space and who you can be because, you know, I can talk all the shit I can do, you know, I can, I can get on there and, and, you know, get that momentum, the extra, all the stuff. It would it be better or could it be beneficial if I did it? Of course, but the way it would affect me here, you know, not worth it. So like, that's, I think today, like that's something and I, and I see people mention on Twitter too. I think it's a great idea. That should be a part of like your wrestling training is, is your, um, you know, whether, whether it be how to handle yourself in the business or just to like warn people about, you know, all the, like the, the pressures, whether it comes to social media and things like that. Cause not only just searching all those other things, like it becomes very easy to start comparing yourself to others or, you know, get down on yourself and things like that. And, end of the day, man, like your, your whole journey and all this, you know, every, everybody's timelines, roads, you know, it would be this massive, crazy, that it's this massive, crazy living, breathing thing. So, you know, we, and it's hard for us not to think linear. Like I started here, I should be here. And that's, you know, that's not how anything works. So that when you see all of this happening over here and maybe you read too much negative shit online already. So you're in a bad headspace, or maybe you went and found a bad comment. So you're in a bad headspace. Then you're seeing good stuff. Other people are doing, you know, and if you're not doing these things with your, your feet on the ground and with, you know, your, your perspective, being able to, you know, separate the two, you know, and stay on one side of the curtain while peeking through or something. Like, I think, you know, it's for, for some, like it could be a slippery slope or just, you know, like I said, that's why I don't do it. Like if that was me, like if I spent like my, my DMS are full on everything. And that's my friends, my family, like on Instagram, Twitter. Like I, unless it's business and I got to get to it now, like I just, I, I check my phone. If I have to post, I post real quick and I leave it because if I, if I stay too long and, and, and see something I don't like, that's, that's the rule now. It's like if I scroll, if I see one thing that makes me go, that's probably a me problem because this is just my opinion on whatever it is, you know? So it's like, well, why, why would I sit here and digest a bunch of shit that makes me go, you know? So like the yeah. first negative, first thing I see that I don't like, whether it's my fault, you know, whether it's on me or the content, I'm like sometimes, sometimes I get like three minutes in, I'm like, Oh, that was a good three minutes. And sometimes it's one swipe. I'm like, fuck, you know, <laughs> but that's the internet. That's, uh, that's the world we live in now, huh? My my last one here for you, Carl, and it is: What is the coolest thing you have in your room? <laughs> I like this like, has become a thing for us. Yeah, now people people are at, like gonna have to, like get up. Sometimes it's like right behind them. Sometimes they got to get up and get something. There we go. Okay, what you're gonna have to explain this? This is a uh, Annabelle. It's my Annabelle doll. Oh, she okay. She uh she sits right next literally right next to my bed where I sleep. <clears throat> uh, I love the uh, if you know it, if you've seen the Conjuring movies or any of this you know the warning positively do not open. My favorite thing is the door doesn't <laughs> doesn't shine. It doesn't shine. Does <laughs> and then I think the coolest detail. Oh, where did I lose it already? 
Yeah, I must have. I used to have, um, it came with at least the uh, the little note that said, come find me, like the hide and seek note that like the dad and her were playing in the beginning. But yeah, my, my brother-in-law got me this for Christmas last year. Yeah, my, my room pretty much has, uh, I mean, I've got the only like, I don't have a lot of objects. Like I don't own stuff. So like if I if I wanted to move tomorrow, like I could just sell my bed, take my just throw my clothes in my car. I have I have this, a few pop dolls, a guitar, and my DJ gear, my laptop. So like that's it. This is like one of the only like things I own, I guess. <laughs> Definitely the coolest in my book. Very that cool. Very sweet. Very cool. Um, I always end on this question. It's the most generic wrestling question ever, but I'm always genuinely interested to hear the answer. As a wrestling fan, what is your favorite match of all time? I was so fucking convinced that Jeff Hardy was going to pull that belt down when he wrestled the undertaker. (laughs) Be like that, that age, I was like 12. And I remember that was such a good time. Like I remember like Eric Bischoff came back on my birthday. Like my birthday was a Monday. And I remember like sitting like that, that time was like, so like, I remember though, I remember those Monday nights, like those episodes with Ron Smackdown more than I do the, Everything leading up to like WrestleMania 17, I would say. I personally, I was 10, give me a break, and I was a WCW guy. So like Same. so the invasion was fucking sick as far as I was. I thought the invasion was cool. Like, cause at least like all the cause I had been watching WCW until the ship sank. So like Stasiak, O'Hare, can't like I knew all those guys. So at least they were like, I recognized them. It was like it was cool to me. So I remember all and then again at the age of 12, I was dead certain. I was like, God, like trying to tell my parents, like we need to, I, I need to see Survivor Series. Like there might not be a WWF tomorrow, mom. Like this is serious shit. But uh, that, like, I was so convinced that, that Jeff Hardy was going to win the strap that night. Like, and I, I was like, genuinely, I had been excited for plenty of matches, you know, but like, I remember, I think that was the first time that like any type of hope that when it got pulled away, like genuinely made me sad. I was like, fuck, because they, because at that point I was old enough to know they fucking got me. I was like, like you know, because I was, I was like, this is it. It's finally happening. It's, tonight's the night. It's going to be the best night of my life. And it never happened. <laughs> Man, I feel you too. I, I was a WCW kid. So like, I, I, I was familiar with all these guys, like above average Mike Sanders and all these dudes. Like yeah. they were, the, they were the ones who came over. So like, I was having a good time because they were my, my guys from <laughs> WCW. I was a big Booker girl. Came over, bro. And, and that was like, that was after he had, you know, he came off of those championship runs. Like, and I was as I was all the way here for Booker T when like when that thing happened, you know, because like Harlem Heat was always the coolest. So like that was like, yeah, there was there was more than enough for me, but and then I didn't think until you know, you look back, you watch any of the documentaries, and then then of course they do name 10 other major superstars that weren't present at all. And like, yeah, okay, maybe that would have been better, but you know. Yeah. Uh, Carl, let the people know where they can find you at. Not Facebook. Nobody follow yeah. Carl on Facebook. I mean, you can find me on Facebook. It would be a lot cooler if you didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram are Carl Fredericks underscore. And TikTok as well. Uh, I have That's going to be like mostly music content. I've yet, I've, that ball's getting rolling soon. But yeah, follow me on TikTok. Um, I might, I might fuck around, and one one day, if I like the internet enough, I'll on on that day in that moment, you might see a dance or two. Probably not. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, I think those those are the big three. Uh, Carl Fredericks of the big four. <laughs> 
Carl, Carl is in action this Saturday, or this Sunday uh, in Tampa against Josh Alexander. It'll air at a later date on New Japan Strong, which is on New Japan World, 8 o'clock Saturdays. Carl, thank you for your time today. Really thank appreciate it. Yeah, and good luck against uh, Josh Alexander on Sunday. Thank you. Appreciate- Hope you guys are enjoying this interview that Stephen and Jeremy are doing with Carl Fredericks. Man, uh, New Japan was put in a unique position due to the pandemic, and it effectively forced a brand split. And it forced some more content by the way of New Japan Strong. But no matter where you are, Japan, U.S., NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered. Now they've got you covered with that threat protection. Free with that Fightful code, in in addition to one month free, 73% off in the U.S., and threat protection uh, helps you with malware, blocks online trackers, and blocks annoying pop-up ads. Not only that, it avoids geo-blocking, it avoids price discrimination, all that stuff, and it works on all your devices. Phone, tablet, PC, laptop, uh, your TV even, all over the place. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has you covered. Change your virtual location with just one click. Thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. I use this every single day. You get a huge discount. You can buy pay-per-views from services overseas that are way cheaper than here domestically. You'll end up saving money when you subscribe to nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.